Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Tuesday edition of Sci-Fi Watcher. Glad you could join us for part two of two as we continue with the Philadelphia Experiment this week. I am Corey Shret, and Mr. Brian Lee is on the other side of the mic. Brian, what's going on? Hey, Corey. Good to be here. Got a lot of news to cover today. Yeah, as you all, as all you geeks out there know, San Diego Comic-Con went on this last weekend, and of course, tons and tons of news out there. But we're just going to scratch the surface of that, and let's get into it with The Expanse. Yeah, so uh, Amazon has The Expanse now. No more sci-fi, no more sci-fi. And uh, yeah, they at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, they released pictures and video and a whole lot of stuff. We got pictures, we got video, we got a date. Uh, pictures look pretty cool. Showing some of the scenes from season four. Um, showing a different kind of season where they're, they're actually going to be going to planets instead of not, you know, spending all their time in space like the other three seasons. Um, we got a kind of a teaser trailer where they showed a little clip and they also showed a kind of extended clip of the Rocky landing on a planet. So that was really cool. What do you think about all this? Impressive, but I haven't watched the two seasons between the premiere season and this. Uh, obviously, this one hasn't come out yet. Does this feel like the next season of The Expanse or does it feel like have a different look and feel to it because it's now on Amazon as compared to sci-fi? It looked like it definitely looked like a bigger budget, like more money was put into this. I mean, seeing them on a planet was kind of jarring because all the other seasons they were up in space on the Rocky uh, all the time. The only person that actually left was the uh, the main guy. We saw him once go to a planet, you know, but everyone else stayed on. The clip shows something really cool. I, in the article, it talks about how two of the crew are belters and they had never set foot on a planet. So in the clip, they show them working out and stuff and they explain they're going to, they have to do that because they've been weightless all their life. Hmm. So they, they show them getting onto the planet, kind of stumbling a little bit, you know. Interesting. The visuals look really good. Well, good. Hopefully it'll yeah. be around for a few more years at least, and not just one season, one and done. Oh, and I almost forgot the date. December 13th. All right, so now I have what? Little, little under five, five, five months? A little under five months to watch the first three seasons again. We could watch it together. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Of course we can. <laughs> Don't mind doing that. Let us know if you guys want us to watch it. Yeah, definitely. Let us know. SciFiWatcherStayProductions.com. Yeah, so uh, that's exciting. And uh, for everyone out there that's been waiting for this to come out, because it seems like forever since the last season, and then they announced it was going to Amazon. And Has it been as long as I think it's been, or is it just feel like? I think it's been two years. I'd have to – I mean, don't call me a liar, but I think it might have been two years. There was a time when we may not have gotten another season at all. Sci-fi was going to cancel it, which was stupid. And uh, Amazon came in because of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos was a huge fan of The Expanse, and you know, believe it. Everyone or not, clamored for for Amazon to take it over. Believe it or not, the last season ended June twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. It's been barely a year. Oh, it felt longer. It feels longer. It feels so much longer because there was so much talk about it being canceled, and then getting because it got canceled on May eleventh, twenty eighteen. So it got canceled. Before the season was half over. 
And then, so they they recorded this in short time. You and, know? Then, and then May twenty sixth of last year, Amazon picked it up. So we've had well over a year of hearing it's going to the new to a new channel. Yeah. So that's that's the big that's what it was. But I felt like I feel like it's been two years for this. Yeah. So speaking coming back, uh, there's an interview in Entertainment Weekly with Linda Hamilton, and uh, they asked her. They talked about the whole thing about getting her back and how James Cameron was toyed with the idea of having her come back and he wasn't sure she would do it and he called her like three times and she finally called him back and he said it's about work and he he said hey we want to you know bring sarah connor back and she was you know she was thinking about it because but it's not something easy to jump back into because you know she she feels like it's gonna be part of the geriatric era of of her character you know she's 60 what 62 years old now but um the one thing she does like the opportunity is that the time has passed so it gives her time to explore the character you know it's not just it's been three years it's you know it's been 20 something years since she's been the part and so much opportunity to let the character grow and develop and i cannot wait i think it now is the perfect time you know Mm -hmm. i think she's right i think it was right it was good for her to wait oh i agree you know i agree and and, i mean between be the fact that we've had these other ones in the middle that we we won't acknowledge as part of the series too, kind of veered us away from it. To me, this she was the reason why there was a Terminator series. You know, it's it wasn't about the Terminator; it was about Sarah Connor. You know, yeah, it was about their their interactions with the Terminator. Mm-hmm. The Terminator is just one part of the equation, right? I mean, you know, he's going after her in the first film because obviously, you know, John Connor is her son. Blah blah blah. But I mean, she is the crux of the whole thing. I mean, when the second film came out, it's like, whoa, you know, she's she's locked up. She's pumped up. She's ready to kick butt. And she's still freaked out by the Terminator. And one of the things that I enjoyed that a lot of people, not a lot, I guess some people enjoy, but not enough people enjoyed was the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I actually watched that and I enjoyed it. I'm sad that it didn't get to go longer, but I thought it was a pretty good series. Well, Summer Glau wasn't that right. Yeah, and she kills every TV show that, that lasts a season. You know that, right? Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, remember I've said that before too. It's like she's some, a kiss of death. She really is as as talented as she is, and and the great shows she's been in, everything she's in, it's like oh, we're not doing a season two. Summer's here. Got to go. <laughs> I wish I had enough time to look up her history, but like forty four hundred wasn't that one of her shows? Yeah, but that and... lasted a while. But I'm I, the big ones are Firefly, obviously, and uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. But I think there's probably more. There, there probably is. But, but the other, the other big news, which makes this definitely connects us to making this Terminator Three, you know, the sequel to T Two, is the fact that it was announced that Edward Furlong is coming back to play John Connor. Why? <laughs> well, they said John Connor is not going to be a big part of this, so maybe it's just some sort of flashback scene or some something just to connect the series to explain where he is. I have a feeling he's going to be there and then the Terminator is going to show up and kill him immediately. And they're like, okay, that was that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're going to try to do. Some sort of connection. Yeah. But the, but the thing is though, you know, it's like if you kill him off, cause isn't he supposed to be the leader in the future? And it's 2019. Right. It's 2019. How is he going to be the leader? I don't, I don't know how they're going to explain it. It's going to be interesting. I, there can always be another leader though. Yeah, I mean, the timelines change so much, though. But they keep this. Yeah. They said in the articles that this there's only one timeline. You know, it's like, okay, so uh, how would you explain that he's still alive 
There's one timeline with many branches is how I would describe it. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. That's why you got you got the TV show, you got all those movies. They kept to change. Even Terminator 1 to Terminator 2, the timeline changed. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously, yeah, it could it could be anything. But I just I just like the connection to this to T2. Yeah. And it, November 1st, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. I cannot wait. Uh Oh, the Orville. What's going on with the Orville? Yeah, some exciting news with the Orville. Uh, one thing that's pretty exciting is it was uh, the Orville was nominated for three Saturn Awards. Nice. Yeah. Nominated for one of them is Best Sci-Fi Television Series, which is a big accomplishment. I think it's a first for the show, right? I believe so. I don't think we heard of any award nominations in any any place for them. Yeah. Um, and also says that they're also a contender for a, for an Emmy Award. So that's pretty awesome. I want to know what's, what science fiction shows are they up against? I'm trying to think besides what Star Trek Discovery. Well, it says here the 100, uh, Counterpart, Doctor Who, Krypton, Manifest, Roswell, New Mexico. Okay, they can Roswell. lose. They can lose. We're done. They can lose. I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's why you wanted to say that. <laughs> no, I didn't honestly know. So there's that many shows that are up for it, though? For best sci-fi television series, yeah. Mm, interesting. There's too much good stuff out there. That's that's gonna. Be I tough. think they probably are gonna lose to Westworld. That's my opinion. I think you're right. Out of all that list, I think Westworld has the most buzz. But the fact that they're nominated is still an accomplishment, you know. For their second season too. Yeah. Stepping it up. Um, also, uh, Orville news: We found out that season three is going to be a Hulu exclusive which kind of came out of left field, you know, um, it was always kind of a, I don't know what you'd say. It, it, it kind of Fox has a bad history of, of sci-fi and, and stuff not lasting there. So I'm wondering if, if Disney, you know, Fox, whatever said, Hey, let's move this over to Hulu. That's where it's going to shine. What do you think? I, I don't know. I'm. I'm. I think so. Um, it's going to probably do better there. But the scary thing is, you're going to get less eyeballs on it because more people will watch Fox Television as compared to Hulu, which is a subscription service. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to help it or hurt it. Uh, the fact that Disney obviously owns Fox and Disney owns sixty percent of Hulu kind of makes sense. I wonder if there's some sort of. And I said this to you before off the air. I wonder if there's some sort of deal with Seth MacFarlane. Let's say, hey, Seth. We'll let you make a TV show on on Hulu. You know, if you want to make an anime show or whatever, you can do it on Hulu and there's no censoring. You can do whatever you want. Well, in the article, it speculates that a move to Hulu allows for more flexibility with episode orders and running times as long as production schedule. So which that was important to, to Seth. So it's probably more flexibility. Like you said, you could do more on Hulu than you can with the... Uh, you know, the TV sensors that he had to deal with. Right. But I think, I think he, he should keep it the way it is in terms of, um, content. PG 13. Yeah. Don't go, you know, you got a show that's working well with, with the, with the, with what you have a little bit of, you know, innuendo here and there and a little bit of violence that yeah, PG 13, keep it like that. Don't try to go into arc territory. Cause you might lose something with that. Well, I think he might go a little bit edgier. Than he could have. Oh, I think know? he will. I think he will. I think he will, but I don't think he'll go to the point of R. It'll be hard PG 13. 
Right. But yeah. like you said, like it says in the article, he's not stuck at the 30 minute, you know, or an hour long format. He can go an hour and a half. He can go whatever he wants. If you look at the length of these episodes, the episodes were like 48 minutes in length. A lot of them. But sometimes in those episodes, there were lulls because they couldn't fill. They couldn't fill everything. So they put filler in there. But 48 minutes is hot. But 48 yeah. minutes is a lot. That's only 12 minutes commercial. Usually an hour is like 22 minutes of commercial. Right. Which I'm like, I'm saying he doesn't have to f- stick to that paradigm of 42 minutes. Yeah. I like that. And obviously, you know, obviously Disney knows what they're doing because Seth MacFarlane has made a good dent in Fox. You know, he's been on Fox for a long time now mm-hmm. and pretty much everything, right. everything he makes turns to gold. So, mm-hmm. So I, obviously there's something they they're doing something they're, they're making sure they're not going to piss off Seth MacFarlane. But one thing I'm wondering about, and we haven't brought it up since it's going to Hulu. Does that mean all the episodes at once or one at a time? Well, Hulu is the, I'm trying to think does Hulu. I don't know if I watch any Hulu originals. I think they do once one, one a week. They don't do all at once like Netflix or I, I don't think so. I know Amazon, Amazon prime. No Hulu. Hulu's, um, Hulu is a uh, uh, handsmaid tale, right? Yeah. It's once a week then. Okay. They do once I a week. I wasn't sure. I had to think about it. They do once a week with that. So it'll probably be once a week, which is fine for, with me. Okay. I thought maybe we'd get them all at one time. I mean, the only difference between putting it on Fox and putting it on Hulu is I get to watch it the day of release instead of the next day. Because I always watch it on Hulu anyway. Yeah. And I think they probably noticed that there was a lot of people watching it on Hulu. And they're like, hey, let's just put it there. Get more eyeballs on Hulu, get more subscriptions. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. Um, now I'm going to curious to see what Seth MacFarlane's going to come out with next. The fact that this is on Hulu, it feels like th- there's something going on in the background with him. I don't think they are would you, just do well, this without. He's going to be stretched, stretched too thin. Are you saying like another show that he's going to produce? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to be hands on so much, but he can. There's got to be something they're going to let him do. They've got, they, they can't just say, hey, we're going to put this on Hulu. He's like, but it's on Fox, and I like Fox. And you don't want to piss him but, off either. But now that he's part of Disney, they may they may pick him for Disney Plus. Uh, huh? interest, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's have him do Disney Plus shows. Sure, like Family Guy. That'd be great on Disney Plus. He's going to make some musicals. Watch. <laughs> He's good with that stuff, with like feeling yeah. that stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know. I have a feeling something's going to come out of this. He's he's getting something out of this besides the show going to Hulu. We'll see if your prediction is correct. You've seen the last Starfighter, correct? It's been a long time, but yes. Join the club. I think we need to add that to our list along with Future yes. Man. Along with Future Man, because they obviously are. It's a knockoff of the last Starfighter. Uh, boy, mm-hmm. I, I saw this in the theaters. That's how old I am. But yeah, it's I'm a, sorry. Just a But this is one of those uh, stories that like everybody knows. Kid plays video games, saves the universe, blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently uh, Gary Witta, uh, who co-developed the story for Rogue One, posted on Twitter that he's working as a writer producer on making a sequel 35 years in the making. Him and wow. uh, Jonathan Butel, the writer and creator of The Last Starfighter, have been working on following up the sci-fi classic. Doesn't mean we're going to get anything out of this, but they're they're putting something together. I think this is a good time for this. 
I think it fits in this environment because wasn't this like this wasn't like a box office success when it came out, right? No, no. I think this was just like more like a cult following. Yeah, a cult following because kind of ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, basically, what it was is like, hey, let's. What's cool now? Video games. All right, let's make it about video games. You know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so it, well, it, it was made with on a fifty million dollar budget, and it brought in almost twenty nine million. So back in nineteen eighty four, yikes! I mean, nineteen eighty four. I don't know if that's good money. I mean, you mean fifty and brought in twenty nine? Fifteen, one five, fifteen, fifteen. Oh, fifteen million. Fifteen okay. and brought in it. Du- it doubled. Its box office doubled yeah. its budget. But the thing is, so I okay, so here is the thing. Remember, they made a Tron sequel. How'd that right. go? Do you, should we that do didn't that? go well. Yeah, that's the thing. You, if you're a fan of this, you got it in your head that, okay, I love this thing, but do you really want to see Alex Rogan 35 years later? Yeah, Jeff Bridges didn't age well when they brought him into the Tron reboot. And yeah. They, they did that stupid CGI version of him, and it didn't work. It was, yeah, really bad. And But... But, you know, uh, the actor Lance Guest right now, I'm looking him up right now, who plays the main part, he's, he's 58 years old. And uh, I don't know, you know, would you be like, like, do you imagine a 58-year-old guy now still out there doing stuff, I guess? No, I feel like it's like going to be another one of these passing the torch kind of. Next generation things, yeah. Yeah. But so what, some kid's playing a game on the Xbox and then all of a sudden he gets high score and, I mean, are you going to rehash the same storyline? Well, they have that hit with Jumanji. Jumanji is the same kind of concept. Uh So, I mean, I think it would work in this audience. It probably would. I mean, you'd have to, you got to be one of those people that has to write it where you get the, get the the fans of the original, but also bring new eyeballs to it. It's hard to do. It really is hard. It's like threading a needle. It's a tough balance. I don't know. I mean, it, it looks like, oh, this would be awesome to go back and do a sequel 35 years later. But he'd be like, you really want to do a sequel 35 years later about a 20-something-year-old kid who's like almost 60? Mm, I don't know if I'd want to do that. I'm reserving judgment until I see a trailer. These are just concept art. Concept art always looks cool, you know? Yeah, we might not get this at all. This is just like, hey, you know, we're having fun here. Right. That's the thing. I, I don't even know if we're going to get anything out of this one, but... It's 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 fun to it's fun to dream, and I think we'd be sorely disappointed if it actually does come out. Yeah. All right, let's get to the last story. The big thing, the big story that I've been waiting for: Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, yes. Rick and Morty news from Comic Con. We've got pictures. Uh, we've got a cool, a couple of cool scenes from uh, the upcoming season. A uh, picture of of Rick in a field of flowers, or some kind of alien plants, a la the wheat fields of Gladiator. Mm-hmm. We also have some pictures of Rick uh, fighting some like crocodile guys, kind of like crocubots, some robot crocs, looking pretty cool. Yep. Um, we also got a cool video uh, from a scene from uh, you know some Rick and Morty episode in season four. Uh, did you get a chance to see that? I did. The ominous... Um, ominous beeping noise app <laughs> right and uh you know we had a guest star in there taika waititi who did uh the latest thor movie he voices the alien who's like a app developer 
and Morty's like shaking him down for some reason. Take it off your servers. Um, we know how this works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I also linked a video where uh, one of the YouTube channels I, I watch called Emergency Awesome did kind of a breakdown of the the scene and kind of give more information. Uh, the guy, the guy who runs the YouTube channel, speculates that Jerry got into like this this uh, like a fake app company, and like there's a, a white board on the back where it's like all of Jerry's ideas and like this some ideas were like circled and Morty is probably um, trying to get uh, you know this app developer to remove all these games because they're just copies of other apps so it looked pretty cool you know I had here's here's my evil thoughts in my head so evil thought number one is we're going to get an ominous beeping noise app Oh, that's true. Yeah. I have a feeling I have a feeling that's going to happen. And number two, I have a feeling this has nothing to do with an episode. I think they were just screwing around. I don't think so. In order to get Taika Waititi to record an episode, just to throw it away is a waste. Oh, he might do something else, but this might not have nothing to do with any episode. Have they done that before? I don't remember them doing a fake out like that before. No, but you know these guys do some weird stuff. I don't think so. I don't. There's too much effort into it. No. Why, but why wouldn't you do a Rick and Morty scene is my question. Why the heck Jerry? Who cares? There's always Jerry episodes. I want a Jerry episode. <laughs> you got to have Jerry. You got to have some fluff in there. But that's my two predictions. One, there's going to be a beeping. Be, um, I can't even say ominous beeping noise app. Oh, there's probably one <clears> right now. I'm surprised there isn't. If There should be one. They, they're going to have to come out with one just to, just to make beeping noises. No other purpose, just beeping noises. Just beepity beep. And I think the scene's not real. I'm going to go with that. If I'm wrong, see what happens. All right, so check out all those links we have at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. And let's get to the movie this week, the August 3rd, 1984 film called The Philadelphia Experiment, written by Wallace C. Bennett, directed by Stuart Raphil, Raphil, starring Michael Pari, Nancy Allen, Eric Christmas, Bobby D. Seco, 102 minutes long. So... This is the 180 of last week's The Final Countdown. It's 1943. The USS Eldridge, they're doing experiments to try to make the ship invisible to radar. And it goes through time to present day, a.k.a. 1984. Right. It's kind of related to our, our last movie. Yeah, they're very similar. That's why we read an article weeks, months ago about this, and we figured we'd do this. Yeah, the fact that the final countdown takes place in 79, right? And then they go back to 42 It was in, or 41. It, it was 41. 1980 to 1941. This is 1943 to 1984. So they're very, very close, very similar. Pretty similar, yeah. Both deal with the Navy, except one's going forward and one's going backwards. Just no planes this time. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like I want to compare them, but I don't want to compare them right now. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's... Let's do the experiment. Of course, things go wrong, and two guys jump overboard, and they land up in Nevada from Phil. Was it Philadelphia? Yeah, Philadelphia. Phil Philadelphia in Nevada desert. Present day, of course, they don't know it's present day yet. Right, and they're just they're severely uh, confused. Uh, we could got to go back a little bit because the experiment had to do with. Uh, some generators and light bulbs and oh yeah those those weird vacu stuff those vacuum tube type of things <laughs> so hokey looking so hokey there's a generator and there's light bulbs that's all I remember and uh, one of the guys like 
gets his hand shocked. Yep. From the uh from the power. Try- yeah, he tries thingy. to shut it off or whatever like that. Yeah, his hand starts glowing and then everyone turns technicolor. <laughs> yeah, that that 80 sci-fi look. And we get another vortex. Yeah, this one seems so screaming 80s. This one seemed your stereotypical vortex to me. But it was more of a 3D vortex, mm-hmm. you know, compared to the the one that was just smoke from the final countdown. Yeah. I like the smoke one better, though, personally. Yeah, me too. Like I said, this looked like your generic 80s science fiction vortex. I want to know where vortex comes in with, with space and time, you know? I don't know. But this one they tra- find that. But this one they travel through space too, which, like I said, from Philadelphia to Nevada. Yeah. Um, at first, I didn't understand that. I'm like, how does that even connect? I don't get it. Uh-huh. Uh, and first of all, the one thing they're trying to do is they're trying to mask themselves from radar, right? Right. But at the same time, they're producing a crap ton of light. So uh-huh. you're masking yourself by radar, but you're like, say, look at me, look at me, guys. Yeah, it made totally no sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that energy, somebody's going to notice that energy coming off of your ship. And this is like loosely based off of a real thing that happened. Yeah, the, gotta say that. Yeah, the Philadelphia experiment was an actual experiment done in, su- supposedly done in 1943 with the, sh- the USS Eldridge. Uh, the Navy's never confirmed it. There's no proof of it. It's just like a basically a theory, which parts of it don't make sense because the experiment supposedly took place in October 43. In the Bahamas, when the ship was actually like left the do- New York dock in like September '43, and there was no no log saying they went to the Bahamas, or they thought they might have been tampered with, and you know, there's lots of holes to this this fun theory. But I like this kind of like revisionist <clears throat> history, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. Well, I mean, it, even if the the real thing did or didn't happen, it's a, it's a great basis for science fiction. Yeah, it's halfway based in in fact. And then, of course, I, I think the, the the usual thing, you know, they're they're in present day. They find a Lowenbrow can and they're like German. So like thinking that, you know, did we lose the war? They find yeah. a, a, a Coca-Cola can. Shocked that Coca-Cola doesn't come in a bottle. It comes in this weird container. Yeah, and I love that they, they make it their way to the diner and the diner is showing some like weird, bizarre B-movie. Yeah, it looks like it's showing a little bit of TNA on there, that screen. And some TNA, like TNA on the TV in broad daylight? No way. I, I, I know. I'm, like, I'm like, wait a minute. I watched TV in the 80s. We never had that. And that's not cable out in the middle of nowhere. And they didn't like say anything about the video games behind them. Yeah. You know? They just look and they just keep walking, you know. Yeah. Mm, some weird cabinet. But I, I was waiting for them to like get their bill, and they're like, "What four dollars for that?" Oh, I know. You know? <clears throat> yeah, I was waiting for that whole. You know, this is ridiculous. Wait, this is supposed to be ten cents. But yeah, <laughs> but the, yeah, the, but everything's like doesn't make sense. So they're like, "What's going on here?" Um, and it, and of course you have the and you and to me a lot of this was telegraphed. Like the woman on this on the phone, you're like, okay, obviously they're gonna get in cahoots with her. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and I think probably the funny, quote unquote, funniest line in this whole thing is when he steals, steals her car. He asks her where the clutch is. Yeah, because he can't drive an automatic. And it's like, wow, usually it's the other way around. Yeah. What did automatics come about? <clears throat> I don't even know. Uh, probably the 50s or something like that. But 
Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it's okay. So, but during this whole right. time, during this whole time, his friend, um, his friend Jim is every time there's like the storm happens, the lightning or whatever like that, he starts to glow. Right. And lightning comes, every, comes out of the sky and it's basically everything, basically following him. It seems like. Yeah. Cause he's not supposed to be there. I like that. Trying to fix the timelines. Right. Some weird storm. Uh-huh. And then we get the, uh, the scientist or the doctor that was both in the past and now, uh-huh. you know, which is self-fulfilling a prophecy kind of way, you know? Yeah. Brings it full circle. Yeah. Did you know that right away or did you just guess? I guessed it. I didn't know it right away. Cause he doesn't really look like the guy from the past. No, no, they, they, yeah. Yeah, they kind of they didn't want they didn't want to give it away right away. Right, but you just you just knew after, after a while, like it's the it's got to be the same guy. It's got to be because it's like he knew too be. much. He knew too much. It's like yeah, it can't be somebody else. Hmm. Um. Then we get this, you know, weird. I don't know what you call it. Kind of like a a chase because they're just trying to run away, trying to get away from everything. Oh yeah, I I, I love the one part, the hilarious part where they're. They, you know, they steal the car and they drive off. And and as they go down the road, a cop pulls in front of them, and the car hits the cop car and it flips over. I didn't get that. I'm like, was there a barricade I was missing? I was just, it looked so hokey. But they said like something about a barricade. I'm like, it was a cop car. Was there a barricade? Yeah, it's just like he comes out and it flips. I'm like, uh, okay, that was quick. I think that was special effects just to have that special effect. The very bad action scene there. And then, yeah. when, then none of them are hurt. No, I love when he's in the j- jail cell and he's just sitting there, and the, there's a guy across from him dressed in drag. It's like, yeah, why was that scene there? I don't, I know. don't know. I just, I guess they're trying to put humor in it. It's just because oh, was, they put the punk rockers too. The punk. Kids. Oh yeah, hey, how's, and, and the thing about the punk rockers, they just like, hey, how's it going? You know, they just yeah. looked it. They didn't. They didn't act like you know your stereotypical punk rock people. Like, what are you looking at, a holes? It's like. They're just like, hey, yeah. how's it going? Like, which I thought was great that we didn't have that stereotypical response we would expect from them. Not like Star Trek Five. No, no. Oh, definitely not. Was that <laughs> four, 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 four? Four. Sorry, five, not five, four. <laughs> Excuse me, could you please turn that down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we all know the scene, famous scene. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the fact that the woman who was held at gunpoint drops the charges. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm really interested in what's going on with you. Like, yeah. I I didn't believe that. That yeah. was kind of suspension of disbelief there. I'm like, it, no. It, it felt like they like had to rush through this film. They only had so much time and they figured they cut scenes and just do that. Yeah, they also sped up the romance pretty quick too. Yeah, I didn't really feel like there was any romance in this until like the end. The romance was forced. Yeah. Kind of. <clears throat> but you knew it was coming too. It's an 80s film. You're like, oh, yeah. They're they're gonna hook up somewhere in this film, of course. Every '80s movie had to have a romance. In it. Oh, of course, romance and Aquanet, yeah. Aquanet for the hair and romance. That's what it is. Yeah, check the box there for the '80s. Bingo, and uh, and of course, eventually his friend disappears and goes. We assume goes back in time. Right. But uh, that part that comes back later, which I didn't expect it to come back to us. I didn't either. I thought it was that was it. But then I, I, the part I really I enjoyed, I think, was the fact that he tried to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to his dad's old gas station. His dad was a race car driver in the 50s and 
late forties and fifties and he died a few years ago. And mm-hmm. you know, like they said, you can never go home again. You know, the Parker ranch, he was, he went over there to see, uh, cause that's where Jim and, and his wife, Pam was a Pam. I think you're right. I think it was Pam. Um, uh, yeah, Pam where, where they had the ranch forever in a day. And, you know, he goes over there and sees Pam and, and then there's Jim who came back to, through hell basically. i didn't i didn't get that at first i was like who is this old guy and i'm like okay i get it now um and i didn't get why he wouldn't talk to talk to him but then when the the wife explained that you know he kind of went crazy afterwards because he kept saying he went to the future yeah that part made sense afterwards yeah but at the time i didn't understand what they were talking about but he also says he didn't – yeah, he also says he wishes to God it was all over for David because he knows obviously David, the main guy, David, is going to have to do something. Something's going to happen to him. So it's like, oh, is he going to die? Right, right. Um, what, Let me see what happens next. The military oh, show up. Yay. The military. The military chase scene. Oh, horrible. Oh, God. I, explain to me how the heck that uh, – the car flips over and explodes instantaneously instantly um and these are some bubbling idiots for military people because the first one the first suv like runs into the barn and then the second one like you said turns a corner and explodes <laughs> yeah i i totally did not understand i was like all right and then it's like oh okay let's go back la 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 i was like what oh and he walks back to get papers that from a burning vehicle and he knows those papers has all this information i'm like why would those guys be carrying all that stuff? They would not be carrying documents like that. That was I felt like it was another shortcut. It's like we we gotta make this film short. Let's just put the papers in there. Yeah. Why would you have the forethought to go back and find papers on the ground? Mm-hmm. From a burning vehicle. <laughs> yeah, that were not burned. It's like, all right, we got the papers. I thought at first he was going back to help them, but he didn't even give a sh- he didn't give a crap. No, he's like, he didn't. Oh, I thought he was going to look in there like, let's try and save him. No, papers. That's important. <laughs> but then, of course, we got to break into the base, which seemed to be too easy. As the storm gets bigger and bigger, it starts pulling things into it. Because yeah. we never mentioned this. In, in 1984, they did an experiment to, to have a town disappear, and it literally disappeared completely. And it's inside this weird storm along with the ship. Right. Because they shot a camera up there. They shot a camera up there and like, oh, look, we can see everything. And then the camera dies out. It's like, okay. And we get Flanders too, isn't that his name? Who's what? I don't. I, Ned Flanders. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 Needle Nose Ned. You're talking about not Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders is from The Simpsons. Ned Ned something. But yeah, you're talking about Stephen Tobolowsky. He plays Barney in this. Yes, we know. Right, right. You don't might not know his name, but you know his face. Needle Nose Ned. You've seen him so many times. Yeah, yeah he's done so much stuff. <clears throat> um, yeah, he's throughout this one. Like, oh my god, he's in this film too. I I didn't even know that. But yeah, but then we find out David finds out that in the past he shut the generators down to save everybody. Right. So that's why I was saying it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Like he has to do all these things or else everyone will die or right. They were, they were saying the world was going to die because of this at one point. Something like that. Yeah. The earth was at stake. Yeah. The bigger the storm gets, the more it's going to suck in. So stop it before it gets too big. Yeah, but, but then we get the let's put on the special suit for you and let and and jettison you up into the storm. Um, and the fires, fires everywhere. That was horrible. Yeah, 
yeah. think they just want an excuse to burn something. Well, they had that weird ship or little little vehicle tank thing, whatever, where they had a minute where they shot him up into the storm. I'm like, this is so hokey. Yeah. But it made sense about the suit story-wise because yeah. otherwise he'd be shocked when he tried to turn things off. Right. But instead of turning things off, he, he just, just took an axe. beat everything with his axe. I'm like, okay. And the over-the-top part was those little light bulb vacuum tube things where he's just smashing them with the axe. I'm like, this is so stupid. Uh, yeah, when I was watching that, I'm like, okay, that does nothing, but it looks cool. It looks cool. But he sees his friend again, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, he tells his friend, oh, what, it really happened. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to jump over. See you later. And like, well, we knew that was going to happen. That's obviously the way this I happened. didn't know that was going to happen. I thought he was just going to die off. I thought he was going to sacrifice himself. No, I I mean, I felt stereotypical 80s love story. You know, meet somebody you never knew, fall in love in two minutes, and then be with them forever and kiss at the end. That's basically what I was feeling like this was going to happen. And it went that way. Um, is that because all the people said that he never showed up, so he had to fulfill that prophecy? I don't know. I mean, it, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, but I think the coolest looking part of this film is showing the people that were like melded into the ship. Yes. That was the best part. That was the horror part of it. I'm like, okay, good God. They didn't mention that. And it wasn't like it was, and they were moving too. That was the scariest part. It wasn't just, oh, there's an arm sticking out. You could actually see the hands moving and see their heads moving around. You're like, oh my God. Well, I think that part of it is taken from the, you know, fantastic story about the Philadelphia experiment. Cause yeah. in Wikipedia, they said there were accounts of people being melded into the ship and they had to put that in there. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was like, wow. I was like, this is, that, that was the best looking part of this whole film. What I want to know is why couldn't they have that in the uh, final countdown? Why couldn't they have the melding into the ship? That would have been cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> but then of course, at the end of the film, he comes back and they kiss as the credits roll. Yeah, typical 80s ending. All right, so let's talk about this film on its own. I mean, um, how, how, how did you like it? What, what were the pluses, minuses? How would you rate it, you know? It's hard to rate this one because um, do I rate it on an 80s scale or do I rate it on now scale? Rate it on a now scale because we're not in the 80s. Because if I watched this back in the 80s, I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. Now it's kind of hokey. Um, I enjoyed parts of it. I enjoyed some of the sci-fi elements, you know, the vortex stuff. Right. Um, the generator stuff. Right. Um, but the action scenes were kind of cheesy, I guess. Yeah. Um, there are some cool sweeping movements with the, with the helicopters that were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what did you think? It was good, but the, the, um, the ship itself felt like a movie set. It didn't feel like a ship. Mm-hmm. It felt like all the scenes were like in, in a studio. It, it's like, uh, kind of took me out of that part of the movie. Fortunately, there was a lot of the ship in the movie. Um, I liked the story. I mean, it was a good story. It was an 80s story. I liked it. It was still an 80s story. Yeah, it was a good <clears throat> sci-fi story. Mm-hmm. They tried to explain the uh, space-time continuum disruption. Mm-hmm. Right. I like that element of it. The love story was not there. No, it, you knew it was going to be there, but it was just, like you said, forced on us. It was rushed. It wasn't believable they didn't have chemistry. 
um, you kind of, everything was telegraphed with that aspect uh-huh. of it. You knew, okay, this guy's going to fall for this girl. This girl's going to fall for this guy. One thing I did like is that they made sure to get different actors to play the older versions. It wasn't them in heavy makeup. Yes. I hate that. <clears throat> I like that. That was what I liked. It's like, okay. Oh, so you're the older version of that guy. Okay. Just cause you don't look exactly like him with a ton of makeup on. That's fine. I'll take that. That's better. All right. And so, Scale of 1 to 10 for this one. How would you rate this one in 2019 terms? Mm, six. Six and a half for me here. All right, now let's compare this one to the final countdown. What did, you know, what's, what do you like of this one that you didn't like of the other one or vice versa? I mean. Well, I mean, like we said in our previous review, the final countdown was really a commercial for the Navy uh-huh. and had a lot of B-roll. It's like, look at us, look at us. Where this one actually was about the story. It was right. about what was happening and not let's see how awesome we are. Right. Yeah. More sci-fi in this one than the other one. Agreed. Um, but on the other side of the coin, I love the vortex look in the other one much better than the vortex look in this one. I will agree with you there. Um, um I guess action wise, this had the final countdown had more action scenes because it was like Navy ships, uh, jets flying and stuff. Well, it had more B roll. <clears throat> yeah. But watching that one and then watching this one, like I said, that one, because that one was done on a ship, it felt more realistic in terms of, like like I said, the sets of the uh, Philadelphia experiment was like, felt like a set. It didn't feel realistic enough. Well, I mean, and the, uh, whenever they were on the ship on the final countdown, it was just a camera on a tripod mm-hmm. and you just caught the action like this, where this one seemed like the, the camera was moving more along with the audience. Right. You know. I felt like they they didn't have enough money to spend on the action in the a Philadelphia experiment because those action scenes were hokey. They just didn't make sense, like the car chases and the explosions and stuff. Well, I feel like that would have been more, more budget than yep, they did in the but, other one. But it felt like they cut corners with it, though. <clears throat> I just, yeah. I mean, the chase scenes went really quick. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, oh, we're being chased by the military. Oh, vehicles turned over and explodes. All right, I'm like that's that's it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, Philadelphia had a had a story to it at least. One thing I did like about this one better than the other one is, you know, in Final Countdown, we didn't get a lot of people interacting with that time. Exactly. This one we did. We got to see the person at a time more. Plus, I think doing it, I think this one too, it's better to go into the future because they can do whatever they want instead of the past. Because we know, okay, you know, Pearl Harbor is going to happen. We're going to try to stop it. You go in the future, they yeah. can do whatever they want. There's, you have free reign to do whatever you want in present day with these characters. Right. They had more leeway in this one. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I'm glad that they had old, older versions. Older actors play ver- older versions of the characters instead of putting makeup like they did at the end of you know, the final countdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I had to go see the problem is I, I, I like them both for different reasons. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. bigger, bigger cast in um, the final countdown name wise. Yeah. Seem, seemed like it felt like the budget was bigger. It's granted it was done four years early, but it felt I don't know. It just felt like a bigger budget to me. But the story was better in Philadelphia. I, I think I like Philadelphia better, in my opinion. Yeah. If I had a choice between the two, I would go with Philadelphia. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's it, it was interesting. It was kind of fun just to compare the two. It was, yeah. Considering they were four years apart and similar, yet not similar. Yeah. But at least the Philadelphia also had a half truth to it. Yeah, they took they took they took possibly true events and made a story around it. The the final countdown was a big what if. Mm-hmm. That never really materialized because you never got to change anything. Well, and, and if you realize who was in the in except the, for the fake senator, and, and, well, and that's the thing. If you realize who who if you knew who was in the in the limo at the beginning of the film, you knew how what the outcome of the film was going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, okay, so they couldn't have changed anything because this already happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I I will watch. I prefer. I, if I had a choice to watch them again, I take the Philadelphia over Final Countdown any day. Same here. All right, my friends. Well, we're done with this two-part episode. I want to thank Brian for being here. And of course, Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter or Instagram. Just look for Brian Says. And check us out at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. Like I said, last week we talked about the final countdown. Next week we're doing some more sci-fi shorts. Uh, of course, Wednesday's brand new episodes of Final Space. Thursday we're playing catch-up on series one of well, – series two. Series two of Black Mirror, actually, I think, this week. Yeah. Be right back. That's what we're doing. Yeah, series two. <laughs> We're starting a Black Mirror this week, so check it all out at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. You can email us, sci-fi watcher at sayproductions.com or drop a voicemail, 774-327-2948, 774-32-SAY. And if you want, you can always join us here live Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 12 midnight UTC at sayproductions.com slash YouTube. That's it for this episode. Hope to see you all again next time. <laughs>